truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for hopping on board here on the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on the blaze. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here as well. 888-900-3393 is the number if you'd like to be here too. And why wouldn't you? Where else would you rather be? Yeah, don't answer that. 888-900-3393. You can also let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook, who does not like us, so you need to keep liking us there. Or just give up and just post, and we'll get the same amount of likes probably either way. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. I need to warn you, I woke up today with some conviction. Could be wrong, but you know, in, in every season, there's ebbs and flows, right? It's hard to be up for every game. You know, uh, there's the dreaded letdown spot. There's the sandwich game, you know, where you're playing that so-so opponent in between the two toughies and the rivals that uh, you look forward to playing every year. Or, you know, you, you won on Monday Night Football and the nation watched and then you went on the road against my Lions and and stubbed your toe when you had no business losing to them, right? It's, it's tough to maintain total uh, intensity through the course of a long season. And I woke up this morning, and maybe it's not true, but I just have this sense that the year of no BS has kind of hit a bit of a rut. I mean, I'm not saying we're like the Philadelphia Phillies, where you know we, we had the lead in the division by four games, and then two weeks later we're behind by seven. I'm not saying it's gone to that level, but it just kind of feels like it's kind of, you know, it, 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 the, the coach needs to come into the clubhouse, read us the riot act, fire us, you know, fire us back up. It just kind of felt like it just needed a bit of a kickstart. Well, it's summer. You put your shorts on. You know, it's, you can kind of right. just relax. It's kind of a the dog bit. days it's, of the year yeah. of OBS, right? Yeah. So I, I kind of just felt waking up today, like it just it kind of needed a charge, right? And you've been following me today on social media, or even this one unfortunate soul who stepped to me with the most metrosexual feedback possible on my email today. You're probably sensing, eh. A little bit more gin in the juice, if you know what I'm saying, Snoop Dogg, right? So um, I just think it's time, and I don't know if you guys felt this, but, you know, I'm the captain of the ship here, and I just feel like, you know, we just, it's time to kind of get the eye of the tiger back. You is know it, what I'm saying? Is this like Trump looking down the dice and seeing Rand Paul down there and saying, hey, hey, Rand, what you doing? I need no, a slow buster. That was, that, was a, that was a plea for desperation because he was totally out of his depth on an issue he knew nothing about. No, this is... Uh, this is uh, this is this is a you know more of a major league. The only thing left to do is to win the whole blanking thing. That's kind of how I feel right now. You know what I'm saying? Just woke up that way. I just, I just woke up with this fire in the belly that you know the fire in the belly's kind of become a little sporadic recently. And maybe that's not true, but I, I like to be proactive. So you may sense today there's a little bit more urine and vinegar uh, in uh, in your daily dose of the Steve Day Show. Uh, for example, we've got uh, a fake news or not coming up that will confirm one more time for you. There is no free press in America. There's just uh, civil war, cold civil war propaganda entities. And as a result, 
an Islamist with jihadist sympathies, anti-Semite, who married her brother, got elected to Congress, taking advantage of that. Uh, and then also we're going to have, you know, the Democratic debates begin tomorrow, correct? That yes. is correct. Right. Yep. And it's a two-night soiree. That's because an interesting there, word. Because there's just too much crazy for one stage. And I know what you're thinking. I, I've got to have something better to do with my life. And indeed, you probably do, but we don't. So for those of you that do, we're going to present to you a top 10 list that, frankly, only our show is capable of producing for you. The top 10 things that you will see over and over and over again as the Democrat primary presidential debates begin. So we have that. We've got Pop Culture Tuesday coming up uh, later in this hour. The latest season of Black Mirror uh, proves once more leftists ruin absolutely everything that they touch. But before we get to any of that, here's Aaron with what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away? Brought to you by Who Could Have Seen This Coming? Project Veritas's latest sting operation dropped yesterday, this time blowing the whistle on Google with an anonymous Google insider who came to Project Veritas and undercover footage of Jen Genai, the head of responsible innovation at Google. We all got screwed over in 2016. Right after Donald Trump won the election in 2016, the company did a complete 180. Uh, now they're like, hey, there's a lot of hate, and because of there's a lot of hate and misogyny and racism, that's the reason why Donald Trump got elected. And so we need to uh, fix that. Google via YouTube removed the full documentary from its various platforms. Jen Ganai, the subject of the undercover video, published a post where she states her regret for using quote-unquote imprecise language. Moving on, a couple of updates to stories we talked about yesterday. The court ruled forced abortion on a Catholic mother from the United Kingdom has been reversed by another court in the country. It's a very good twist to a dark story. Trump sexual assault accuser E. Jean Carroll has been making the rounds on cable news. She talked to Anderson Cooper last night. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished, which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not this was not sexual. It just it it hurt. It just what it just, you know, I think most people think of rape as a I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. The U.S. Holocaust Museum ripped New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's recent remarks comparing U.S. immigration detainment facilities to concentration camps. Naturally, the left-wing rebuttal was, quote, the Holocaust Museum's dreadful intervention in the concentration camp debate. Speaking of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she, Elon Omar, and Bernie Sanders announced their plan to wipe out student loan debt yesterday. What a beautiful day to liberate ourselves from student debt. Well, we're here today to say student debt is not the result of bad choices or behavior. It is the result of a system that tells students to get an education and go to college in order to have a stable life but then does not provide the resources to afford that education. And that is why we have to both make public colleges tuition-free and forgive all student loan debt at the same 
times. And now something that flew beneath the radar this weekend. Stephen Gutowski of the Washington Examiner published a disturbing in-depth op-ed regarding the National Rifle Association. In the piece, he details the internal turmoil at the Second Amendment advocacy group, including a bitter lawsuit between the company and its longtime marketing firm. Various memos from that marketing firm reveals the alleged lavish spending of some of the NRA's top leadership, as well as clashes between the lobbying arm and the main organization. The knitting and crocheting website Ravelry announced a new policy over the weekend. There's a site-wide ban on support of Donald Trump or his administration. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver announced recently that the NBA is going to drop using the term owner to describe the owners of NBA franchises. This came after basketball superstars like Draymond Green called the term insensitive. Speaking of Draymond Green and on a completely unrelated note... His Twitter bio describes him as the owner of a company. That's awkward. And finally, lace shorts for men now exist. And if you've got it, flaunt it. I have an announcement uh, to make. I am moving to Costa Rica. Thought about it for a long time now. And I'm finally going to do it. And that's what happened while we were away. In America, there's a lot of people that deserve to be in pain. Most of you, however, probably don't. So we would like to offer you some relief. (laughs) That was either the best or worst segue I've ever heard. In fact, in America, there's people that probably aren't in enough pain, actually. They, They need more pain in their life. You know, people that, you know, might think men should wear lace, for example. They should wake up in the morning, uh, grab their phones, look at their weather app, and the forecast should say pain. That's what it should say. All right. Uh, the rest of us, though, uh, that want to still live here in this place called the good old U.S. of A. Lee Greenwood. All right. You're sitting there suffering with the inflammation, the chronic pain. As a result of that, relief might be one click away from our friends at Relief Factor. I'm the latest success story here at The Blaze. I'm a daily user of this product, and... I'm a true believer, uh, friends. Um, And here's what I love about it the most. It's 100% drug-free, even though it is created by physicians who can prescribe drugs. And so what that tells you is they were looking for something that would unleash the body's natural God-given healing powers. Uh, You know, God created your body to push back against inflammation. So if if you're looking for the formula, the natural formula will unleash uh, your body's ability to do that. Give Relief Factor a try, and now you can for just a dollar a day for three weeks with the starter kit. Twenty bucks for a dollar a day. What do you have to lose for a dollar a day? Except maybe finally and hopefully the pain. Just go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. How your urine and vinegar levels doing now? Um, see, that's the problem. You it's know, getting you, there. You can be it's all. Getting there. You can wake up all once more into the breach, and then you watch Aaron's montage, and you're in the corner sucking your thumb, just <laughs> rocking back and forth, <laughs> praying for mercy. Yes, indeed. Um, I, I certainly feel as if the last third of Aaron's montage should have been sponsored by Blue Chewy, but we will we will move on. Okay. Um, uh, the NBA term owner. You think governor's less racist? <laughs> really? Uh, governor Beauregard <laughs> from the plantation. Really? 
<laughs> Governor's less racist than owner. <laughs> I mean, uh, seriously, you guys didn't watch Roots. <laughs> Governor's less racist than owner. Really? They have. A, I just want to take this opportunity to remind you they have a more draconian policy on standing for the national anthem than the NFL does, but that's neither here nor there. Yes, this is the league where its players kvetch about the NFL's uh, anthem policy, which remains optional. But in the NBA, you must stand for the anthem. You must be out of the locker room, and you aren't permitted uh, any sort of uh, political exercise during the anthem. But this is the more progressive league, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but which, and, and in many respects, it is. Because that's progressivism at the core. In the end, holding you to standards they don't plan on holding themselves to. That's really what it is. So the NFL is racist for saying, you know, we'd prefer if you stood for the anthem if you don't want to stay in the locker room and you don't come out cool. In the NBA, it's uh, stand for the anthem, no, no exception. But the NFL is the racist league. Why? Because progressives get to decide. They get to decide what's racist and what's not based on whatever side of the bed they get up that particular morning or whatever advances their particular political coalition. Being a leftist means never having to say you're sorry. Michael Silver, what the hell has he done as the commissioner of the NBA? Do you know? I mean, what, what has he done? There's all this talk that he's well, done t- a great job. What in, what TV, innovation? What has he done? Well, the TV ratings have got The TV ratings up. have tanked. Oh, yeah. Only three teams matter in the whole damn league. I mean, what has he done? Yeah, parody Fe- has increased. Uh, TV ratings are just great. You know, all that good stuff. Don't the Phoenix Suns wear those uniforms sometimes that are in Spanish instead of English? I think he's done that. <laughs> okay. Well, there's that. All right. It's the You know it's the only sports league whose playoff ratings had a decrease? In this last television year, they're the only sports league. And and now they're kvetching over the term owner. Priorities. Because do you know what the average salary of an NBA player is? Uh, as Han Solo once said, more money than you can imagine, sweetheart. Right, it, it, I believe the average salary of an NBA player is the highest of any professional sports league. Exactly exactly what systemic form in a league that's about 80% black, exactly what systemic form of racism has Draymond Green, has he been subjected to playing for the Golden State Warriors? Steve, he has a white coach who tells him when to go in and tells him when to go out. This is oppression on a scale... Previously heretofore here unseen. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree. Somebody quick call uh, Russell Moore at the Southern Baptist Convention uh, <laughs> to deal with this. Uh, oh, we're going to be talking about that. <laughs> I told you. I warned you before we got started. Um, we're going to be talking about him uh, in uh, in the overtime today. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, blazetv.com slash dace is how you can subscribe. Use my name as a promo code. You'll get access to everything we do here at the Blaze. But to quote another former uh, great NBA player, when it comes to the likes of him, I'm tired. All right? I'm, I'm tired, and I'm just... Uh, some punishment, some discipline needs to be meted out. And I'm just going to... Uh, I like myself for that job if you're okay with that. So, um, the Google thing. By the way, if you know E. Jean Carroll, get her some help. All right, um, get her. And and this is dead serious now. Well, I was dead serious with the snark, but this is snark free. That that woman needs some help. 
that performance is uh it it's uh it, it was it's disconcerting i've why have i've watched that clip several times it gets increasingly painful with each viewing and i i'm not sure i can subject myself to it again because you're watching something that uh you know you, you, you just Get her some help. But you're watching a progressive. I mean, that they all talk like that, Steve. They all think like that. They say things like that all the time. Not usually, though, with that much slurring. Before they go on national television, if you know what I'm saying. I, I, and Anderson Cooper there, man, thought, dude, I'm just doing my get shorty orange man bad nightly routine here and you're telling me uh, uh, you want to talk rape fantasies and rape is sexy well, we're going to get to the break and uh, we'll be right back I mean I, I don't have any pity for him or his network I mean, they, they, this is the bed they have chosen so um, uh, you know live and die in it but if you know this woman I, you should get her some help because it's pretty clear when you watch clips like that. Pretty clear. She's in need of some. Let's go to the Project Veritas Sting video on Google. So, the new conservative position is, at least I'm, I'm guessing this is what some of you are going to tell me, that the, the new conservative position is that we, A, permit a company to live in a non-regulatory environment that has near um, monopolistic power on the flow of information. B, we're, we're then going to provide the bureaucracy and infrastructure that allows them to make billions more dollars publicly trading on a platform that is completely subsidized and paid for by the U.S. taxpayer. Am I okay? Am I doing this in the right order? Am I doing this right? Right? We're going to do this, right? These are the conservative positions. Have I gotten any facts wrong so far, though? I got you. Okay. Third, any attempt whatsoever to get them to simply declare, pick your regulatory environment. Are you a publisher or are you a platform? You you don't get to live in, in, you don't get to tiptoe between the raindrops. No other, no other industry is permitted. That is, uh, uh, that, that's the, what we do in the new area, Trump. Yeah, we don't, we're, conservatism's dead. You're right, because, you know, it was just alive and well when freaking Mitt Romney was running. Your boy. Right. Because John McCain, I mean, he just ran on God, man, and Yale in the Sharon statement. Right. Right. You're all frauds. Every last one of you. And most days I'm torn between whether to defend you from the left or not. There's days where I kind of just feel like, yeah, I'm just going to kind of look the other way and let nature run its course. Then there's days where I kind of feel like, I should love my neighbor as I love myself. And then there's days I feel like, you know, if I let myself become that much of a fraud, I deserve to get my ass kicked. So, commence all festival, right? So, um, none of those are conservative positions. Those are corporatist whorish positions is what they are. And now you're going to tell me that the conservative thing to do 
is after letting this company create near monopolistic control over the flow of information with its other allies in a, in a very limited space where none of them are regulated the way any other industry is regulated in any other field. And so the same people that want to tell me what Josh Howley wants to do or those aren't conservative positions. That's the new Trump populism. Funny, I don't see them up there lobbying their cocaine Mitch buddy to trim and government. Do you see that? It's because usually all the same people ripping Josh Howley are all the same people with their cocaine Mitch memes. Are any of those people who truly believe, truly believe in funny i don't recall a single damn one of them saying a word when their team gop buddies were up there spending more money more money more money more money weird and so now after providing them an environment where they're not regulated like any other industry granting them near monopolistic power on the flow of information in their in their space um, then providing a regulatory environment in another arena where they can publicly trade and make billions more dollars to fund their monopolistic efforts. Um, and then, and then after decrying any attempt whatsoever to force them to play by the same rules every other business and every other industry plays by, we're now going to say it is a conservative position to use your near monopolistic control on the flow of information in the digital space to pick and choose how the American people should vote. I have no problem. Corporations that you, you make the money. You, I don't, I don't care how much corporations donate to political campaigns. I just make it all public. Google wants to, if Google says we're going to spend $10 billion to defeat Donald Trump next year, so be it. And if General Motors wants to do the same thing, cool. But what if General Motors decided that they were gonna they were they were gonna determine uh, via their own algorithms the type of cars they were willing to sell to people who post and 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 show certain political ideals, or that they were willing to sell to them at all compared to others? We already know this tactic is big in the yarn industry. Steve. Yes, indeed. So, so tell me, what is, a, what is the conservative? Uh, you're not a conservative. I'm sorry, you're a corporatist whore. That's what you are. Just own it, man. Cash your cocaine, Mitch, check. Come up with another meme. Give me another fake white paper from Cato. Cool. Just own that poop, bro. Own it. But don't pee on me and tell me that it's raining. I didn't get into this to conserve oligarchs whether they be in black robes at the U.S. Supreme Court, whether they be at the 666th District of Babylon, somewhere in the armpit of America, or whether they be at the headquarters of Silicon Valley. No. I'm not in here to, to, I'm not in here to conserve oligarchies. If that's conservatism, I'm out. Somebody else, do this show tomorrow following Glenn. I'm not, that's not, that has no, I, that's not freedom to me. That just tells me you prefer tyranny from someone coming out of a boardroom than out of, out, of a, out, of, out of a legislature. Funny though, the tyranny feels exactly the same. 
And I say this as somebody who didn't vote for Trump four years ago, and on any given day, really don't care what happens to him a year from now, depending on the day. Some days I care a lot, some days I don't care at all. But there's a larger principle at stake here. You are providing the regulatory environment as a taxpayer that allowed them to become a publicly traded company. And now they're aligning with America's chief economic rival. And now they're, what amounts to their ombudsman is on tape saying, we're going to use the power of the, of the data we've collected. Whose data is that? Let's say we use these platforms for free. No, you don't. You give them your data. They'd rather have your data than $4.99 a month anyway. That's worth far more. You know why they want your data, by the way? You know why they'd rather have your, da- your data than, a, uh, than a, a nominal fee or even an exorbitant one? You know why? Because there's no power in the nominal, nominal exorbitant fee. You know where the power is in the data. That's why they want it. The reason they offered you their platforms in exchange for your data is so they could do things like they're doing right now. That's why. So if those are conservative positions, like I don't think tariffs are conservative positions. If you want to try to make the case to me that on a case-by-case basis they could work, I'm, I'm willing to take the chance, although I have seen zero evidence that these ones we're trying are working. It's not a conservative position. Like when Tommy Lahren says that, uh, you know, we should just keep killing babies. That's not a conservative position. I didn't get into this. I didn't get into this to conserve the things, a lesser form or an egregious form of the things I'm opposed to. I'm not here to manage decay. And I'm not here to say being oppressed by leftists, with four leftists at Silicon Valley is far more preferable than being oppressed by 350 elected leftists in Washington, D.C., I got into this to defeat being oppressed by leftists. I don't care where the hell they are. I don't care what uniform they wear. I don't care if they're getting subsidized by me or not. I'm here to oppose this. And I don't, I don't know what further evidence you want. I used imprecise language. I give her credit. She's actually, that that woman in the video is being more honest than most of you calling yourselves conservatives about these issues are. We are, just like I used to say, like I've said to leftists in the past, this is the U.S. Constitution. People who come here illegally don't have rights that Americans have. The Constitution begins with the words, we the people of the United States. Not we the people of Honduras, we the people of Brazil, we the people of Ecuador. Similarly, those I I used to say to my libertarian friends who couldn't understand why we were, uh, you know, uh, why we would drone terrorists in foreign countries. Well, it's not the Constitution, the interplanetary Constitution. It's the U.S. Constitution. Osama bin Laden doesn't have habeas corpus rights. He forfeited those on September 11, 2001. Thank you. Thanks for playing, though. Appreciate it. Enjoy your blogs. Similarly, if this is, we just let corporations do whatever the hell they want to us while they have near monopolistic control so we couldn't possibly form a competitor in the current environment, even if we tried. Hell no. No, I'm not doing that. You can call me any name you want. 
I was raised by Dave Dace. Calling me names doesn't work, guys. I've been called literally names. I don't even, more names I can remember. Try another tactic. I know one. Beat me in the argument. Try that tactic. So you're telling the American taxpayer that they provide the environment for a publicly traded company to then collect their data and then wantonly use it against them. Really? Hell to the no, Todd. No way. I'm out. I'm not doing that. And I, I don't care whose name is on it. I don't care. I don't care who the GOP nominee is. I don't care about any of that crap. Because if they're going to do it over Donald Trump, they're going to do it over pro-life. They're going to do it over everything else as well. That's what's really going on here. Well, and, and that last part, when you bring up pro-life and other issues, is why this is way more expansive than this one issue. You, you bring up ultimately, why, to some respects, why the pro-life movement, why other movements have been slaved to Cocaine Mitch instead of actually gotten anywhere. Because of this addiction to false premises. Yeah, the false premise of they get to take control of the government and do whatever the hell they want to us with it. And if we make any attempt whatsoever to undo what they've already done, then we are violating some tenets of conservatism no one knows exists. Hell no. Hell no. Hey, do you have itchy ears, ear pain, or that plugged up feeling? Are you constantly asking people to repeat themselves? Have you answered affirmatively to any or all of those questions? Then you know from past history that that annoying visit to the doctor's office for that professional ear cleaning is in the offing. You know, you've been putting it off because you work. You don't want to do it on your day off because that's a couple of hours. You'd rather be doing something else. Same reason you don't want to go on a, on a Saturday. What if I told you that now you can do it in the comfort and convenience of your own home and you can DIY it with the same kind of treatment you would get in the office with Wax RX. It uses a prescription or a physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes earwax buildup and then soothes the ear with a pH-conditioned formula. Again, just like the pros do, you can do it now in the comfort and convenience of your own home and without a prescription too. If you'd like to try WaxRx risk-free today, just go to the website, usewaxrx.com. That's usewaxrx.com and use the offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. That's usewaxrx.com, offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. So did we come out swinging enough there uh, in the opening, opening segment, do you think? I was pleased. We have not yet begun to swing. Thank you. Uh, I, I was thinking of something before we go to the to Pop Culture Tuesday. Because we do try to avoid the clickbaity trends of clickservative media on our show. If you're wondering, though, why we keep featuring Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's um, uh, pre- prevailing lack of wisdom on the issues of the day. Tell me, have you noticed there are no other Democrats proposing like anything? Have you noticed this? I mean, they just, they just won 40 seats in Congress. What, what's Nancy Pelosi's legislative agenda? Do you know what it is? 
Our number two guy, Steny Hoyer. What are they? Do you know what they're talking about all day? So, you know, we, we are not inclined to just go along with the, you know, the bait, that, that bait ain't going to click itself on this program. But the reality is she is one of a limited group of people right now in her party that are actually attempting to govern. Now she's wrong on literally everything, literally everything. But tell me, tell me she's filling a vacuum. What are the rest of them doing? What's, what's Chuck Schumer done like in a month? Do you know the answer to that? Like when was the last time you heard that name? Do you remember the last yeah, time you heard the no, name? I know. I can't argue with the point you're they're making. Not, they're not doing anything. So you hear, you're only hearing really two names right now, unless they're running for, and I, I wonder if that's why they just keep, more people just keep running for president. Because their leadership isn't doing anything, and this is, this is <laughs> they can feel like they're voicing something, they, some concerns. So you have, you have Jerry Nadler, and, and you have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They are, they are the only two Democrats making any news right now. Am I, who else is making news? Like, for attempting to do something. Now, what Jerry Nadler is attempting to do is just hold Orange Man bad hearings. But on issues, tell me who, who's at, what's the agenda of the Democratic Congress? Do you, I mean, I've got friends of mine that are members of Congress. They couldn't tell you what it is. So if they don't know, and they're up there working every day, I'm guessing most of you don't know. So while we disdain going for the low-lying fruit on this show, but we do actually really enjoy clubbing the people who do go for it. Um, at this point, she is, she's the intellectual, or the ideological maybe is a better way of putting it because there's not a lot of intellectual there. She's the ideological face of the Democratic Party in America right now at least among those who are not running for president. You would, you would think they just lost the midterms. They, there's no agenda. They're not doing anything. Nothing is happening. I guess maybe Chuck Schumer has an excuse. Nobody likes him. And he's in the minority with the Democrats already in control of the Senate, courtesy of Cocaine Mitch. So I, I guess he probably gets up most mornings and thinks, this is kind of most of what I would do is sort of redundant you know, with Mitch in charge. So what's Pelosi's excuse? I mean, nobody likes her either, but you know, she has a majority. What do they do up there all day long? What do they do? And I can see, maybe there's a little empathy here because we were kind of having these conversations 48 months ago, right? When we wonder, what do the Republicans do up there all day? We were doing those shows. Remember those shows? Sure. And they were like leaving it like on Wednesday at five o'clock for five day weekends with those grueling three day work weeks. And we're like, what the hell are they doing up there all day? What do they do? You know, I, I can understand if I was a, um, you know, if I was an earnest progressive, a true believer in leftism, like, in a, in, and I had some young naivete, like a, what is she, 28, 29, right? Like a like a young Alexander Ocasio Cortez, I you know I I I convinced people in my district that you know you are oppressed in your Brooklyn brownstone, and I didn't run for office you know just to write blogs. I, I she she's trying to win an argument with history. She's an idealist. I can understand why she keeps trying to go out there and propose issues 
and is frustrated, probably, that on a daily basis, she probably feels like she's about the only one doing it because her party leadership is out to lunch. I mean, the only affirmative position on an issue I can think of Nancy Pelosi has taken in, the, in a month is calling Donald Trump and begging him to, st- to put off border enforcement another two weeks so they could avoid looking like clowns in their debates this week. What, what other policy position has she staked out? In a way, isn't she kind of the ideal—AOC uh, is really the ideological—at least of the House Democrats. She's the—you know, she's running the College of Cardinals over there, isn't she, Todd? Who else, <laughs> is, who else is in their leadership doing anything? No, nobody. And they're not—they've they, actually—they're not even countering her anymore these days, which is— they. I mean, they were trying hard to reel her in, and we did shows on that. Uh, it's seemingly— uh, successfully, at least in the near term, but I don't know if they've just become exasperated or if they have some sort of Machiavellian behind the scenes plan concerning her. Who can say? But no, you're you're right. She 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 is filling a need, and here's where Pelosi and company. Uh, I think this is the part they do get. There is a need for their base, for them to do more. And that more, they feel, because they are from that old guard that you've talked about, uh, that is certainly ideological, but is absolutely about the gamesmanship of politics, whether for good or for bad. Uh, They see a pure, raw embracing, I am the Senate right now, as being suicidal. I think... They're probably wise to think it, but that's also the bed that they made, so they can choke on it too. Yes, they. It's it, it, it's an acknowledgement. And by the way, I said forty eight months ago. I meant to say twenty four months ago. A few minutes. It ago. felt like forty eight. It, it, it felt like that. Yes, years. Um, it it in a way, it's it's maybe even not tacit. It it just could be an explicit acknowledgement that when it comes to actual issues, they're so far out of the mainstream of the rest of America that the only issue they really just they have that has any traction is orange man bad. They, they really can't talk about anything else because she's pointing out by being so earnest in how she keeps going there, that there is no there, there, all of these arguments, like every last one of them are on the wrong side of history. They're not, they're just not attainable you know, with, with the realities and acknowledgements of human existence and human nature. And you have to wonder if, if, if Republicans would have kept more of their promises all these years, you almost have to wonder if Democrats would have ever won any elections. Because what would they run on? Venezuela is cool. Uh, I took my honeymoon to Moscow as the Soviet Union was collapsing. I mean, what else would they run on? Well, we're going to give birth to the kid. We're going to put it in some swaddling clothes over there on the table in a dish. And then mom and I are going to discuss whether we're going to, you know, uh, put it out of its misery or not. Stamp out its, uh, you know, few remaining breaths. I mean, what else would they run on? Well, I think in some respects, they're now stuck in the same way that Trump is stuck uh, and waiting for this, what I believe to be waiting for the next two days and for these debates to happen 
a foil to riff off of. I, I think the same is probably true of the Democratic leadership. They're waiting for uh, the lead of whatever the conversation turns out to be, whoever the leader is, and they will pivot off that. I would not be surprised if we're talking a week from now and all of a sudden they've woken up because, and it might be damage control or it might be grabbing a flag and planting it somewhere. It just depends on how this thing goes. But I think they need that because they are pure, raw, political animals. Governing in in the, the term that we mean, it's a... It's an aspirational thing. Mm-hmm. No, that's not who they are. That's not what they do. Let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday, where you take a look at each Tuesday at the intersection between popular culture and conservatism. Brought to you this week by our friends at Zone. They want to be the missing link uh, to rid you of uh, your ongoing losses against the battle uh, against your bulge. And Zone has one mission, uh, to put the OEA back in your body. Now, OEA is an abbreviation for a really long word. So we just call it OEA. But uh, in essence, what OEA is, all of us are born with it. Just some of us are born with more of it than others and not as much as we should be. Or as we get older, uh, you know, we have diminished ability uh, with that OEA in the body. All it does is it's the name of the signal that goes from the gut to the brain that says to the brain, hey, we're full. We can stop eating, get back to being active, kick that metabolism into high gear. And, uh, you know, let's, let's back away from the kitchen table, from the dinner table. But again, for too many of us, that signal is just not as strong as it needs to be, particularly as we get older. This is where Riduzone comes in. They just want to put the OEA back in your body. That's, that's really all that it is. It's not loaded with chemicals, caffeine, stimulants. It's just this OEA. If you want to give this a shot, use my name, Steve. When you go to the website, they'll give you a special offer at riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, riduzone.com. So you guys, if you uh, and gals, if you're a frequent uh, listener viewer of this program, you know I'm a fan of Black Mirror. Now that doesn't mean I endorse it, but I, I we are running out of places where we're attempting contrarian thinking nowadays, and I'm almost at the point now where I would I would rather have profane contrarian thinking than any more safe, nice, no threat to the devil whatsoever Christian thinking. And maybe that's just my natural contrarianness coming out in me. But there's actually been at times some brilliant social commentary with Black Mirror. There's also been plenty of episodes where I've had to fast forward because they just, they offered nothing unless you're, you know, living in mom's basement in between overdosing on, you know, Code Red while she's doing your laundry. This season of Black Mirror is a total and complete waste. What season is this, by the way? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I think it's season four or five, maybe. That right. many? Yeah. Wow. And, and it's further proof that leftists ruin absolutely everything that they touch. There's only three episodes. And as Meatloaf once saying, do be sad, because when you suck two out of three, that's bad. All right? So the, the middle episode kind of feels like what Black Mirror has felt like in the past. All right? It, it, it's attempting to make Topher Grace basically plays Mark Zuckerberg. And there's a guy that is, you know, he's done with how tuned out people have become, uh, you know, with the internet and social media. And he grabs, he has a fake gun and he kidnaps what he thinks is an executive from this social media company. And he threatens to kill him, even though, but the whole thing's a charade because he's trying to get this uh, Mark Zuckerberg-like character on the phone so that um, this woman he met that he likes 
so that she can, her daughter committed suicide. He doesn't know, she's never found out why. And the social media company won't give her the password to unlock her daughter's social media account to see what was going on in her life because she's blaming herself. She's in therapy. Did I fail her as her mom? And he wants to give this woman some closure. So he concocts this crazy plot to reach the Mark Zuckerberg-like character. And it's trying to make, you know, some kind of statement about, you know, how we've lost contact with one another in this digital age. It, it, it feels, it's not poorly or it's not well executed but it feels like an attempt to actually be a black mirror episode and if you don't know what black mirror really is it's an r-rated version of of the twilight zone is that fair well you've only seen one episode and you tapped out right it's an it's an r-rated episode of, of the it's an r-rated version of the twilight zone when it's at its best and so there's this this middle episode tries it, it doesn't get there but it, it tries to be black mirror the other two episodes are what happens when leftists get their hands on anything they ruin it. So the first episode is about these two guys, one of them played by Anthony Mackie, Falcon for MCU fans. These two guys who were friends back in the day. And then, you know, one of them goes and becomes professionally successful and is perpetually single, but is living an empty life with women in and out of his bed and relationships that don't give him any sense of purpose. So the other guy's got, uh, you know, uh, married the hottie he was dating and they live out in the suburbs now and they've got kids. And, you know, now he's having a midlife crisis and wondering, you know, is this all I'm going to do for the rest of my life? And they meet at a birthday party for one of his kids. They start playing this VR game together. Uh, that's a VR version of the game that they, the, the Mortal Kombat-like game they liked to play when they were, you know, uh, living the single life as roommates 20 years ago. And um, they play the two characters that were the best fighters that they liked to play. And one of them was female and one of them was male. And then they, their, their characters have sex with each other in this virtual world. And so now they're question. Now they're both questioning: Is this really mean I'm gay? Does this mean I'm 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 you know same sex attracted to you? I should uh, you know uh, uh, you know start hitting uh, the blue oyster bar. I, I I mean, I don't know how it ended because I was out right where I right when I saw where this was going, and they're even going to meet like at a rest stop because you know that's not a cliche, a gay cliche, right? Um, I, I that. Tap, pass, hard pass, tap out. All right. And then I'm thinking maybe this was just, you know, their Pride Month homage. The third episode is, it stars Miley Cyrus. Oh, well. And, and there's a reason she plays this character. What she's essentially doing is she's flipping off Disney Channel, all of you, that, made, that, that helped make her a multi-millionaire. Uh, when she was Hannah Montana, and and she, now she plays this um, this you know up with people inspirational you know uh, teen girl pop sensation with all these you know inspirational quotes and how to you know live your dreams and she hates it all she wants out she wants to do self loathing music but her aunt who's her ward. Uh, or who's her, um, who is her overseer, has her over a barrel and contractually and wants to keep making her do this teeny bopper music when really she just wants to do drugs, you know, be an adult, join the adult world where you just completely do drugs, have no job and just live, uh, you know, a, a completely depraved life, you know, like what's happened to Miley Cyrus now. And, and 
this 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 stars Miley Cyrus, I believe, so that she can flip a middle finger to everybody in normal America that had their daughter. My daughters loved her when they were younger. I probably knew the words to every single one of her songs because we heard them enough. I've watched every episode of Hannah Montana at least 17 times, I believe. And and this is nothing other than, ha ha, you, you know, I was oppressed. I didn't want to be the good girl. And now I'm free. And now, I mean, it, it's just complete nihilistic postmodern garbage. But you're saying the show isn't, letting you know that that's what they're trying the point they're trying to make they clearly are embracing this on some level i think that's the reason that she was cast in this role it's not that she's some kind of you know great and accomplished actress well she i i don't think she's smart enough to get it if she was cast they could the joke could be on her but at the end you're not i mean the one episode i've seen they're they're making a point about the darkness these two are apparently not making a point they're just embracing yeah yeah, the point was the light was oppressive and the darkness is freeing that's the point so once again, you know what? The clock is ticking. Anytime leftists get their hands on literally anything, even their own subject matter, they suck at it. All right, we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on the Blaze Radio TV and podcast, 888-933-93. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Last name is D-E-A-C-E. If you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you haven't done so already, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review right there on the podcast platform of your choice, uh, we would greatly uh, appreciate uh, those of you that do so. If you don't like the show, don't lie. But if you do, maybe embellish a little bit. We would appreciate that. Uh, the more of you that leave us those five-star reviews, the more people like you we have a tendency to find, and then more likely we are to continue to get to do these phony baloney jobs. All right? Thank you to all of you. Thousands of you have done this for us already. Left us those five-star reviews. Thank you to each and every one of you. Coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're to get you prepared for the mouth of madness. It is here. You ever wondered, Steve, what would happen in America if 25 communists walked into a bar? You're about, you're about to find out, folks. The orange and the blue. I'm wondering why they chose those two colors when red would have been so much more fitting. But we will get you prepared as the season of the witch is here. And no, we're not talking about Aaron's uh, favorite movies. We're talking about... <laughs> we're, ta- we're talking about the Democratic presidential primary debate season begins tomorrow with a doubleheader of Cray Cray. We will get you ready. The top 10 things you will expect to see and should expect to see and hear a lot during the Democratic presidential primary debates. That's coming up a little bit later on. If you are getting involved in the real estate market this spring or summer, then you're looking for a real estate agent that you can trust. And they're not always as easy to find as you might think. Uh, In fact, even people at a totally different tax bracket than you, Glenn Beck and some of his associates were struggling uh, to find uh, the right kind of real estate agent that they could trust. That's why they started their own company to find and vet 
and then help find uh, the agents for the clients that are agents who have proven they can be trusted. That's why they started realestateagentsitrust.com. Looking and listing agents that check three boxes, uh, agents that have uh, proven they've got a successful track record navigating the real estate process, agents that have shown they, they, they're personable. If you don't have a good rapport with your agent, I mean, you guys are going to ask things of one another at the last minute often. You're going to go back, hey, go back and offer this instead, or he's going to, he or she's going to call you and say, hey, can you show your, your house in an hour? I got a live one here. Uh, if, you're, if you don't have a good rapport with this person, this becomes an even more stressful process. And then, particularly as we're moving into more of a, of a data-driven, data-driven uh, industry nowadays in virtually every industry, all that stuff's important. I'm a big algorithm data-data guy, all right? I like it so much, I call it, I use both pronunciations. That's how much I like it. But if, you, if you're into that, you have to understand, though, that there are algorithms that have outliers. There is no perfect formula. So you need somebody who knows how to read the algorithm but doesn't live and die by it at the same time, doesn't spare the details. So if you're looking for an agent that checks all three of those boxes, then you're looking for realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. So this is fake news or not. And, you know, this year our focus has been off of fact-checking the news that is meant for us, not so much the news that is not, right? We're, we're not really here unless it's egregious or it's a, it's, a, it's a, you know, we're adding new listeners all the time. And so new people may wonder, why don't we sit around here and check and fact-check the Washington Post all the time? Well, they're, they're, they represent a, another America. There's the left America, then there's what's left of America. Now, many of you, though, you know, we have this tendency. I don't know that it's many of you, but we, many of us in general have this tendency to believe things like this. I know that the school system in America is indoctrinating our kids, but not, not the school system my kids go to. Or I, I know Congress is corrupt, but my guy's great. Right? We, that's a common refrain in the what's left of America. And so you may be thinking, yeah, I mean, I don't trust any of those cable news networks. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't trust any of those in the tank, you know, Beltway publications. And those, those are dispatches from the Democratic National Committee. I know that. And you may think, you know what, but here locally, you know, especially here in middle America, You know, we kind of still have a, a sense of common values, right? You might think that. Maybe you shouldn't. How did an openly anti-Semitic, pro-Islamist person get elected to Congress? How is this possible? Even, even in the environment that we are in today, how is it possible? especially when you find out that she married her own brother. David Steinberg works for Pajamas Media. He's a, also an independent journalist online. And I want to present this Twitter thread for fake news or not to show you that the cancer that is progressivism, as Todd describes, as it's, it's metastasized. It, it's throughout the entire body. It, you, you, I mean, Todd and I used to work at the Des Moines Register Iowa, we could tell you stories. There, there, there is, if, if, if they're hooked up to the drip known as the Associated Press, 
then it, it's more than likely they are given over, even in a place like Minnesota. I want to take you through this tweet thread. David writes, the Minneapolis Star Tribune ran a dishonest, cowardly piece of journalism the other night. For three years, the paper ignored the work of, of, of reporters Priya Samsadar, Scott Johnson, and myself on Ilan Omar's disturbing past, ignored our emails offering new evidence. And now, Ilan Omar is a national disgrace. Globally, anti-Semites are emboldened. We warn them, none of this would have happened if the Star Tribune, afraid of the PC mob, had not withheld the facts from local voters. Covering their tracks tonight, the Star Tribune published a piece duplicating work we already did. Our leads, our research. Did they credit us? Nope. We are just unnamed, quote, conservative activists. We are not activists. We are reporters. They are frauds. They owe us, Minnesota voters, and the global Jewish community an apology. Additionally, their article failed to confirm or even mention far, far more of our work, despite us being able to confirm all that we published. Please read our work, not theirs. All of our articles are linked in this thread. The Star Tribune also inexplicably failed to put two facts together on a bombshell development mentioned in their own article. The Star Tribune appears to have been deliberately vague. I can only surmise that the paper is still covering for Ilan Omar. They write, quote, social media posts indicate Ahmed Noor Saeed Elmi is in Africa, unquote. They also write Ilan's sister Sahara no Sara Noir currently runs her own healthcare consultancy in Kenya. But Elmi's posts and Noor's company are clear about a specific location. Elmi's post shows he has lived in Nairobi, Kenya since between December 21st, 2018 and January 14th, 2019. And Noir's company is clearly located in Nairobi, not just somewhere in Kenya. Further, it's provable Elma Elmi has been working for Noor, help, apparently helping her out with her company website. Look for yourself and then view the page of source code. Source code. You will see that Elmi was logged into his personal Instagram account while he was creating the link to Noor's company Instagram account. There is no reasonable explanation for this code to exist besides Elmi working for Noir. And that's a bombshell. In 2017, Ilan Omar swore under penalty of perjury while divorcing Elmi that she had zero contact with him since 2011 and no clue how to find him. Just one year later, Elmi, having just been divorced without being served, leaves London to work for his ex-wife's sister in Nairobi. That doesn't make sense to anybody, does it? It's absurd, yet the Star Tribune chose not to even report Elmi and Noir were both living in Nairobi. As for what's next, the Star Tribune is wasting its time seeking Omar's immigration documents. The documents reveal irregularities, such as two sisters born only two months apart, but will not provide proof of a fraudulent marriage. I will confirm here that I have identified other documentation that, according to sources and additional evidence, will confirm the fraudulent marriage that she married her brother in order to escape the wrath of American immigration enforcement. That's what he's claiming. An attorney is currently assisting me in, a, in attempting to obtain them legally. In the following week or so, I expect to have either the documents and be publishing them or will be publishing the information I obtained that led me to seek them. I believe this supporting evidence already places the case beyond a reasonable doubt and look forward to asking Congresswoman Omar for comment. Now, what this is in reference to is 
Over the weekend, the Minneapolis Star Tribune finally decided, for whatever reason, to do some reporting. And without, con- without connecting the dots, as David Steinberg from Pajamas Media points out, clearly shows that something is sketch about Ilan Omar's past. And they're begging questions that either they, A, don't want to have to answer because of political correctness, which I think is a perfectly plausible theory, or B, maybe they don't think they have all the evidence for yet. But there is one dot-connecting scenario that does make sense. That the woman married her brother. I don't know what other explanation would, would, would have all of these random events make sense. Other than she married her brother and then lied about it. So Todd, as you read through this thread, as someone who spent even more time in what was supposed to be a Main Street America city newspaper like the Minneapolis Star Tribune, your thoughts as you as, as we went through this and the way they tried to report a story that they conveniently ignored before she got elected to the U.S. Congress. Well, this is all the most predictable thing ever. Uh, the only question I have is ex- the why now of the star uh, interest in publishing this. But in terms of ignoring it all this long, I, I, I'm left to remember. And the name hasn't come up on the show for a while, and we've been critical of him, also uh, supportive of him in the past. But here in our backyard, Steve King. Steve King could wake up in the morning and decide my favorite color is blue instead of red, and the Des Moines Register would have written a scathing report on that. Yet it would, just up north here, uh, Big Brother over at the Star Tribune would ignore this over and over and over again. That That is traditional bias in journalism. Now, it's absolutely been weaponized, and it goes to malevolence, as Steve has talked about, which is why we frame how we do this on this particular uh, segment. But the, the, the ignore what you just don't want to talk about, that is the oldest arsenal in progressive journalism's books. And, and I, I am fascinated to find out the why now of this. It, it, oh, I, I can tell you why. What do you think? What's ahead. your theory? Go, oh, go ahead, it's Aaron. not a theory. I, I'll tell you why exactly it, it happened just about a week and a half ago. Uh, let me back up and give a little bit more context for this as well. Uh, so I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but uh, campaign the campaign for Elon Omar is actually under a campaign campaign finance violation investigation. And so a lot of stuff is being leaked or released in, re, in you know relation to that. Uh, one of the emails, one of the internal communications, um, be, you know, between members of Elon Omar's campaign, was uh, joking around about how they could basically get the Star Tribune to say or not say whatever they wanted to, and so I think this was just a uh-huh. CYA move over the last weekend from the Star Tribune. That's at least my. I mean, theory. you think oh. that they they sense this story is going to blow open? Uh, yes, and they're and, and they're they, trying to that, stake some emails, claim to it, so they're not exposed embar- as being hacktastic. Well, yeah, those emails should be embarrassing, even if they have no soul. Th- those emails should be embarrassing for them. Could you buy that, Todd? That this would be well, such that- a case of of clear malevolent bias in her in her 
situation that they now feel like their own integrity is somewhat at stake. It can't, it can't be this obvious. They can't make it this ham fisted. So they, 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 they put some claim on the story now. So when all of these things blow mm-hmm. open, they can say that uh, there's still the jur- claim, albeit with no self-awareness whatsoever. There's some kind of journalistic watchdog. Oh, no, it, it can be totally obvious. The only mistake that was made is that somebody actually said out loud that we can make the paper do whatever they want. As long as that was never said, right. I, as long as that one sentence was never said, we would still not see this story. I'm absolutely confident that it's just he who shall not be named. You just can't say that thing out loud. We all wink and we nod and we know we're in the tank and there's nothing you can really do about it. But we're never just overtly going to say that, which is why that's why they hated me at the Des Moines Register. I would never let him get it. Just I said. Just say it out loud. Right. I'm not going to let you get away it. with not admitting it. No, right. and they hated that, and that's what they they yeah. just they. It, so, Aaron, thank here's, you for filling me no, in on that. Yeah, here's the here's the actual quote, and I don't mean to interrupt you. No, again. Yeah. Here's the actual quote from an email. Um, this is in regards to a story that the Omar campaign did not want to have out there. Uh, quote: Someone should probably reach out to talk off the record and shut it down with him, as we do with the Strib, meaning the Star Tribune. So that's a pretty obvious, as we do with the strip. With the, with the starch. That, that's oh, the Star Tribune. Okay, for Star I, Tribune. Forgive me, I was trying yeah. to connect. Yeah, that, honestly, as long as that had never been said, I'm I'm confident we would still not have a story from them. So their crime here is they violated the uh, the rules of of engagement. Is what you're saying? Yeah, they're the, 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 the Omar people have. Correct. Yeah, they, they, they made it so ham-fisted, so obvious that you couldn't, you, they left them well, no cover well, anymore. We're all in the tank together. We agree on that. Just but you're not going to pretend like, like you, we're your stooge. And right. you, no, 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 no. You're our stooge, in fact. You know, so that's the game that's going to be played. I want to ask an uncomfortable question. And so I'm going to. That's how you woke up? What do you think of the political positions Miss Omar has staked out? Given her, given her Islamist sympathies, given her documented anti-Semitism, yet she has staked out numerous political positions that would get a woman like her murdered, imprisoned in a lot of Islamist enclaves on this planet. How do you reconcile those two things? Oh, the same way a bunch of guys who took flight lessons only to um, fly a plane but not take off or land it were still going to strip joints before they blew, drove a plane into in a building. In the name of religious uh, yeah, hierarchy. Yeah. Right. The, the same way that, what's his face, um, was at the the uh, in Iraq uh, the the PR guy that they had while while uh, American troops were already uh, ten miles behind him saying no we there's nothing to see here we have defeated the infidels the same you you lie some well some worldview is getting lied to here don't you think yep. yeah I mean that, these worldviews aren't aren't Are controvertible sure? some worldview is getting lied to here all right she's either winking and nodding at her Islamist heritage or she's 
Or no. or she's winking and nodding at these leftists. Are you but sure? somebody is getting lied to. Are you to. sure about that? I, I don't know. Tell me why you think that well, I could be wrong. Uh, just, just ask yourself, what's the basis of both of those worldviews? Where do they come from? You tell me. And, and, and where you the think. The father of, I mean, both of those worldviews, I, I believe the origins, of, and this is maybe another conversation, the origins of Islam, I believe, are directly, um, you know, of, of any, uh, you know, non-true worldview comes from the father of lies. Progressivism has the same uh, roots as well. That's, that's basically the point that I'm trying to say. And so what does it matter if they're not, if, if they don't seem controvertible? I mean... All right, and and on macro sense, I don't yes. disagree oh. with that. But most people that be are be, most people that are beholden to either one of those views don't know that, or don't 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 believe that themselves. Sure. sure. Okay. So yeah, you can say that with certain spiritual discernment. I agree. Okay. But the, those that those that are beholden to those views don't see that. They they, they don't acknowledge that going in. She is, she is affirming two systems of belief. I mean, she's actively celebrating, commemorating Pride Month, and she represents a belief system that throws uh, those in, with if, uh, with pride uh, for the the you know the orifices they choose to have sex with off of buildings. These aren't in in, in most of the world. These are not. And and I'd be curious to know how this works in the UK, right? So the city of London, for several years running, the most popular baby male name has been Muhammad. All right, they've had a surge of his of his of of a Muslim population there. Um, you have Muslim MPs or ministers of Parliament, which is their version of a you know legislator. Uh, you've had some conflicts there. I mean, they let they let. Uh, Muhammad, or they let uh, Islamic clerics and zealots preach all kinds of, you know, vile death in the streets and anti-Semitism in the streets there, right? And then they, you know, got, you know, their their cops show up with, with no guns uh, to arrest Christians who street preach against pride. So I, I'd be curious. There was the story a few months ago, the one area in the UK, yep, who th- said to the school district, "Yeah, we're not doing yep. uh, rainbow jihad stuff," but thank you, appreciate that. Allah says no. And the school district was like, and back down, right? I, I, I would be fascinated because I don't know the answer, and I should study this more. How, how are these viewpoints reconciled in what is becoming an increasingly secular pagan country, like, like England, but has a surging Muslim population at the same time? Because it might give us, it might give us some, um, it might give us some notion of what, what, what game is Ilan Omar playing? Whose game is she playing? Because she's playing two views right now that have a hard time sharing space together. And she's claiming them both, both these mantles at the exact same time. This is a win-win for her, Sarsour. They, either they are in, they see these marks, and they're allowed uh, cover to manipulate them to whatever ends, they, and this is this is a classical uh, task, uh, tactic, yeah. uh, an accepted tactic of Islamic infiltration. Either they, they're doing that, or if if the Rainbow Jihad decides to push back in any way, they know that they are so flimsy on attacking anything but uh, traditional Christianity that they can turn on them 
and view them they they're suddenly the haters they're the biggest god knows what they're gonna do with that they they i don't think that they can lose right now if, if the way the tried, culture is it, it, I, it, it, one, let me say one thing aaron then i'll turn it over to you guys if she went to maybe all but like three muslim countries in the world as a woman number one and then number two saying the things that she has said about sexuality on the record in the united states she could be arrested for things like that charged okay and if she had any other explanation other than i just said those things because we're the quran says we're allowed to lie to the kufr and yeah. you know that's what these stupid yeah. democrats wanted me to say bad things are likely going to happen to her if she has any other defense other than that right that's why i think it's one or somebody's getting and, lied to here yeah and i don't uh, when you when you look at it from this way, what does it matter? What the answer to that question is? It's obvious, kind of along the lines that, of what Todd was saying. This is just the cloud pivoting of, of culture in America. Um, you know, the cloud pivot model crash it so you can build something new right. out of the ashes. That's right. that's that's all this is. Um, as long as we know the end game now. Elon Omar's reasons for doing that might be different from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's or pick your progressive leftist true believer. The progressive leftists, you know, the, the classical ones, they want to rebuild a secular utopia out of the ashes of what's left of America. Maybe uh, Elon Omar and her ilk, uh, Linda Sarsour, pick a, pick a name. Maybe they have a different design. Maybe they have one that's more. What does it matter, though? Uh, what who's being lied to when they're say, when their tactics uh, and for the end result are exactly the same? Here's why. Here's why I think it matters. You're right. You're right in a in a in a macro. I'll keep wanting to use that word. I'm sorry. You're right in the big picture sense about the worldview clash. But people like Ilan Omar are being used by leftists. As, as victimology symbols against people like us. And so in that context, I do think it matters. The answer matters. Because, because she has been politically weaponized. And I think it, we, we need to start calling balls and strikes here and say, uh, no, you don't, get to, you don't get to represent Islamist culture and then open your mouth and all of the secular leftist progressive gobbledygook comes out and then call all of us and then be used as a political symbol and a wedge against people like me. Because your viewpoints aren't congruent. You're, you're, you're speaking completely two different languages here. You're claiming two teams at the, at, the, at the same time that are, in most places in this, in this world, are in conflict with one another. And, and I think we should deconstruct what her true allegiances are because she's a member of Congress and is, unfortunately, and is being used um, as a weapon by the left when... In, the, in, in reality, the worldview she claims, the heritage she claims, is anathema to these leftists. You see what, you see what, what I'm getting at? Yeah. This is a, either she's a fraud one way, or, and not even just about marrying her brother. She's a fraud one way or the other. You cannot be a hardened Islamist and a leftist. You just can't. You can't. 
Now, leftists think you can because leftists in the end think in, in the, ultimately everybody yes. will buy into their postmodern mythology. And then what will happen is after the leftists get rid of all of us, all their, all their Islamist pets will then turn on them Skynet style. All right. We see that, right? We recognize that's what's going to happen because we also come from a worldview of absolutes. It's a different worldview of absolutes than Islam, but we come from a worldview of absolutes. So we understand what the Islamists will do. They will never bow the knee to the rainbow flag. That's never coming. They're never bowing the knee to, 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 to hate Ashbury. They're never bowing the knee. I mean, it's the classic Steven Crowder video where he went into Dearborn, Michigan, and he tried to get him to you know, bake his gay uh, wedding cake. No one's forcing them to do all those things because they know what the answer would be. So she's lying to somebody. This is a house of cards that's being used as some sort of intersectionality symbol when she is representing two viewpoints that aren't congruent in any way, shape, or form. And I think it would behoove us to, to dissect that and point that out. Am I wrong? No, but I, I do think it's pretty clear. Because if we don't do that with her, we're going to get more like her. I think the way we do this is tell, remind, just tell her that she's lying to progressives because they're the easy mark. Make sure that that's talked about uh, all the time. Make it uncomfortable between them. Uh, that, that if to do it, I think you, it's a both and it's not an either or to do what Aaron's and you are both talking about is to make sure that she is not allowed to walk away from that fact that there, <laughs> your faith has a tradition of going after the soft underbelly of a culture infiltrated using yep. it unapologetically by way of your faith. Yeah. Yeah. That is just like some side wink and a nod right, yeah. no you we're, actually right, do this right. this is not new cloth we're basically asking elon omar to pick her regulatory environment yes <laughs> she can be a pl- that's a great point aaron yes you can be a you can be a publisher or a platform you want to be a leftist fine you want to be an islamist fine but allowing her if we set the precedent because you want to talk about one hell of an infiltration racket setting the precedent where they get where where if she is, if she is an Islamist and she's working the left, which I think all three of us think is the most likely, right? By far, the most likely alternative of, of scenario here, right? Was that kind of what all where yeah. all three of us are at? Yep. All right. If this is successful, we're going to get flooded with more of this. And and I think we I think we have to set the precedent right now, similar to what we did last year with Kavanaugh. Knowing in the end, he would at best be another Anthony Kennedy. But if we didn't set the precedent right then and there, that you just don't literally get to make poop up because you don't like a judge, when they do nominate somebody who might be um, a really good judge or as promising as Neil Gorsuch seems to be overall, they'll just keep playing the same game. And if we didn't establish right then and there that that precedent is outside the rules of engagement, they'll club us like baby seals on the National Geographic channel Mm -hmm. with it every time, right? Yeah. I, I sense the same thing coming here with her. If we don't if we don't call BS on this right here, there's going to be more like this. And, and next time it won't be somebody who married their brother with a sketch history. They'll have done their homework. They'll connect their dots better. They'll do a better job. It'll be a better construct. Just a thought. We'll come back. Preview the upcoming Democratic presidential debates next. Stay tuned. <laughs> recent episode of 60 minutes sounded the warning uh the former uh, fbi head of cyber crimes was featured 
warning American homeowners that home title theft is the latest crime wave sweeping the country. And there's a couple of reasons for this. Number one, uh, your home is the most valuable investment most Americans will ever own during the course of their lifetimes. All right. And then the second reason is, you know, there's always trade-offs. So the advent of technology has made things uh, so much more uh, convenient for us on numerous fronts, but it's also made uh, things uh, sometimes convenient for criminals too. So our home titles, our, our mortgage uh, certificates, a lot of those things are kept in databases nowadays online that can be hacked. And what these thieves do uh, is they hack into that database, they forge uh, their signature onto your home's title. They then take out loans against uh, your home's equity with the home in, in that equity as the collateral. They stick you with the payments. Maybe you don't find out about it until it's too late. The late notices, the foreclosure notices start showing up. Don't let this happen to you, uh, especially when for pennies a day, our friends at Home Title Lock will will make sure it does not. Uh, they will monitor all the activity with your home's title. If they sense anything nefarious whatsoever, they will jump to action to protect your most valuable investment, your own home. And now you can find out for free if your home's title has already been tampered with. Get a free title scan and report when you go to the website and register at HomeTitleLock.com. One more time, that's HomeTitleLock.com. Well, it begins. What's your excitement level for these Democratic presidential debates, Todd, on a scale of one to 10? One being as flaccid as Lindsey Graham's T level, 10 being as intense as Ilan Omar's raging anti Semitism. Where are you at right now with these Democratic presidential debates? One. You're not looking forward to it at all. Well, no, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not excited about it. That was I was taking you literally. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to it for for more sober reasons than excitement. I just like let's see let's see the mouth of madness. Let's just get it out there. Know what we're dealing with. I I I think I'm talking tough. Like I'm all in on this. But like tomorrow's the first one and we could it could be the final game of the college world series and Michigan's in the championship. I'm going to be much more invested in that if that's the case. And I'd, I'd like to think I can just sit back and observe. I don't, I don't know that I can. You know, I, I, I don't know that I can take, my spirit can take a full on dose of that. Without even a milk toast, we'll give you 85% of what you want if you don't call us names you know, your typical Republican, to provide some form of buffer, albeit the thinnest form of buffer that almost makes the term in and of itself irrelevant. But, but at least that would give you some form of a commercial break. You know, somebody that would pretend for about 10 syllables before giving then, then giving the Democrats everything they want. But, but something there that would break up the monotony of just an endless stream of pagan horse plate, right? I, 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 I think that I'm like, I can't wait for this, but I don't know about you, Aaron. I could see myself tapping out in about 10 minutes. Well, if you asked me to rate it on the scale that you just gave Todd, um, I, I do have to remind you at this point that uh, numbers are racist. Um, Thank you. And so I, I think you really need to... Um, you really need to think about what you've done there, Steve, before we even start talking about this, so... That's true. You use numbers and uh, 
your, your white privilege was just soaking through somehow. And you know, that is an excellent segue. Because if you're, if you're not, if you're like, I can't bring myself to watch this, we're going to save you the trouble. Because we have compiled the ultimate viewing guide for your upcoming Democratic presidential primary debates that begin tomorrow. And without further ado, Todd, you're going to join the rest of our audience in seeing these for the very first time. We present to you the top 10 things that you will be exposed to, be sick of, or just to look for in the upcoming Democratic primary debates. Todd, are you ready to go? This is probably the most dangerous drinking game ever if weaponized accordingly. <laughs> All right. Here we go with number 10. Total oh. depravity. This is only number 10. Depravity. Yeah. Is, it's only number 10. I know. What else is left to be said after this? I'm a little... I'm a little concerned. I, I, I thought total depravity either had to be number one or number 10, but I, I decided to go with number 10 just to sort of set the state. How would, how would total depravity manifest itself? And you'll, you'll see that in the next, in the next nine, right? All right. Well, that's kind of, yeah, that's an alpha and omega statement right there. Well said. Yes. And, and with the period or with the period between words for emphasis there and in giant all caps. I like that, Aaron. Thank you. Number nine, there's going to be a dog pile on uncle Joe. Oh. Your I, thoughts on that? I've been on this for a long time. You've been, but uh, this is this is a must. This is a, I mean, a moral imperative. He must this be debate. made to pay for being allowed to live that long while being white. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And dude, they're not going to let. Oh yeah, Joe. You think you're Barack Obama's best buddy? You don't understand, Joe that you were used by him to get what he wanted, and now you're going to sit there and lecture us that w only you can? Oh, no, 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 no. Especially, and no. you know, here's where I've come around on this. The internals of their polling are showing Biden's lead is almost entirely as a result of a commanding lead he has amongst black voters in the Democratic primary. I mean, he's got like 46% of the Democratic vote. And like no one else is even in double digits. Everybody else is splitting like the other 50%. So when you throw in, that is the overwhelming margin of victory he has in all these polls is with that demographic. That, you won that argument with me. It, it, it's going to be a brutal dog pile on Uncle Joe. He, he, must, he must be made to pay. Yeah. Uh, let's go to number eight of your top 10 things to look for in the Democratic primary debates, orange, man, bad. Of course. that This is the part that I... If it if it's like 80% that, that, that would get me to tune out in like 10 minutes. I mean, been there, done that. I, it, it's it's going to be hysterical in the worst kind of way. Um, they, they, they just... That's the part where they never can organize themselves they are increased it's where they are so unhinged um they aren't and when they're unhinged in the orange man bad trump they're they're never interesting in their in their total depravity they're actually semi-interesting i agree but not in this, this that, is, that's why i'm just like i can't what are the odds that anything will come up and someone will i mean i pick any topic the world is your oyster any subject what are the odds that anybody will ever say, well, in all fairness, we, we really can't blame the president for that. What are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. I tried. 
Todd's not even going to dignify that with an answer. He's going to give me a hold. <laughs> I'm not dignifying, dignifying that with an answer. Let's get to number seven. Far more concerned about what the temperature might be 10,000 years from now than where the U.S. economy might be one year from now, Todd. Hmm. I, I, th- I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think... Really, with, with climate change leading their internal polling as their, their basis, number one issue other than uh, get shorty? I know, but it's, it's, I think they can get to the base other ways. And they know that there's got to be some level of triangulation going on. There's, th- this, this is already with the Green New Deal. It's, it's made them... Uncle Joe has glommed on to the Green New Deal, I though. I don't... He's in. Listen, of course, if they do it, it's not going to surprise me. I, I don't think, I think they're going to act rip on, I think they would have more fun uh, ripping on Trump, it, saying him, the economy really isn't that bad. Look at here, look at here, look at here. And I just, I don't know them going down that Green New Deal road. Okay. Number six, you'll hear the word fascism a bunch from folks who want government to dictate and control pretty much every meaningful decision you will ever make. Of course. Yes. Uh, this, see this, man, the spidey senses. Uh, ab- absolutely. That part they haven't figured out in their own language, or if they do, they just don't care because they have so little respect for you. But they are absolutely going to talk about how, uh, you know, um, what's his face, who is on CNN, the um, Dumb and Dumber actor, Jeff, um, you know. Oh, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. It was and MSNBC, actually. Uh, yeah. It, it, democracy is dead if we do not win this election. Right, that kind of stuff is going to happen. Fascists, fascists yes. often let you keep your guns. Yes. Yeah, that, that's that's a typical characteristic. In fact, if you look in the fascists, go to fascism101.com. If you go to fascism101.com, it will say, second rule number one. Big Second Amendment people. Yes, yes. Uh, let the people keep their guns. That's what it always says. The right to keep and bear arms. <laughs> I just, I'm blown away that Jeff Daniels was in Dumb and Dumber. That's true. Oh, well played. I like it. Holy All right. Cow. Number five, kill all the babies. Ooh, yeah. hmm. I'm gonna, I, I don't agree with you on the climate change one. I will grant you your hesitation on that one. On this one, brother, I mean, there's going to be foaming at the mouth. This is going to be, have you come to persecute us before the appointed time, son of man? It's kind of <laughs> demonic seething. Those babies must die. I'm not given, I'm not given any quarter on this. There, you won't, you won't, you won't, you won't get to leave that debate stage without a body count, guaranteed. It's their sacrament, man. It's their number one donor group. No way, no how. Fire up the Metallica, kill them all. But they also saw the news cycle after Northam. He's still governor. Is, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, no, and he, no, and he's, yeah, and he's still the. He's I know. Still the governor. I know. I just, yeah. it's going to come. It's all going to be part of this whole race i'm just talking about this very first debate who lets the cat out of the bag how soon are they prepared to do that uh but yes i'll go with you i think this is more this is definitely more likely than talking climate change yes i think they're both very likely let's put them on my list but this one is a metaphysical certitude number four America is ready for a woman president, and if you assume there's only two genders, you're a bigot, will be simultaneously asserted. Oh, and very uncomfortably by Eric Swalwell oh. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. The, the, uh, uh, Eric Swalwell is one individual who I am perfectly fine not assuming their gender. The pretzel twisting on this, particularly by the men on the dais, uh, will be fascinating. You know, vote for me. Um, and I, if you True know, or if false. It, please... Eric, Eric Swalwell shows up with a pussy hat. True or false? Go. What do you think? <laughs> Well, I think they're going to say if it if it, if you need me to be a woman when you walk in to that uh, polling place or whenever you're hearing my words right now, if you need to envision me as such, you go right ahead. I, I'm I'm the the shim for you. The, that's the failure of the Eric Swellwell candidacy to take off is really the last sign of hope within the Democratic Party because it does show there is still somewhere a universal dude code. Because this guy is trying harder and more awkwardly and more uncomfortably than any, any man ever has to check all of their boxes and is failing miserably, is gaining well, no traction whatsoever. Himself yes. Repeatedly. Yes. That's the, that's the last sign of hope that there's, there's some men left in that party that are just like, and women that are just like, Hell no. Well, that's the true Kobayashi Maru. You can't check all their boxes. It's impossible. Mm, I see. I like what you did there. I like that. Number three, Elizabeth Warren's going to make it awkward. I think... That's her spiritual gift, um, making situations awkward. It can happen, but I think there's another side to that coin increasingly. Now, here's people have put that aside. There's a just as high a likelihood as she is going to make it very awkward for some other people. She, I think she might go... Oh, I didn't say it was necessarily oh, okay. just for herself. I think she's... She is going to make it awkward. She's going to go... She, oh, gee. I think she's going to try to really use this opportunity to put all that behind for good. Now, she could easily fail at it, but she, she's going to punch somebody in the mouth. I mean, that clip where that, 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 uh, that podcaster looks at her and goes, well, you're like the Rachel yeah. Dolezal of Native Americans. Yeah. yeah. I mean, does, does <laughs> she has... She's the nine numb of presidential candidates. All right? That's all she's known for is that awkward laugh. And that's all nine numb has ever been known for is looking at Lando Calrissian once and going, ha, 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 ha. That's all he did. That's all he's known for. That's all the character's ever done. <laughs> I mean, that's his that's his token line of dialogue. And and Elizabeth Warren is the nine numb of presidential candidates. She is going to make I, it awkward. She will either she will either elicit that that nine numb laugh from somebody, or she will she will uh, uh, she will dispense it herself. I think she well she has to dispense. It. I think she has the most to lose out of anybody, and that includes Joe Biden. She is. Mad. See, I think whatever self esteem guru has captured Donald Trump's spiritual imagination at the moment, he is right now offering um, my kingdom to run against Elizabeth Warren. I think that's who he wants to run against, and 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 I think it's space bar, space bar, space bar. Space bar, space bar, space. Like there's no other, no other names on the list. I think, I think it's Elizabeth Warren is who he is hoping um, that uh, whoever his, uh, whatever fake God that uh, Paula White prays to, that's who he's hoping he gets to run against, I believe. Because of what we were saying about her not very many months ago, and at least according to the polling, she has managed to somehow pull herself out of that grave. What do you say, Steve? When you, once you go joke, you go broke. Yeah. Well, yeah. She's 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 alive in this thing. I agree. And if she can come out of this thing, uh, 
uh, instilling way more blows than than taking them. Uh, who knows? But it, it, she's she's almost instantly done if she's like, okay, we gave you a second chance, and now you're an utter laughing stock. I mean, she can't she can't have that happen. Number two, everything is racist. Hmm. Of course, I'm trying to. You know, th- this is why it's more interesting. Try uh, the the wokeness because you're trying to predict at how it might manifest itself. Like, which- it's funny we're switching we're switching positions now. You're always the one talking me out of any reason or any reasoning or rationale or sanity whenever we talk Democrats. Now you're the one that seems to be struggling well, for I it. I just I just want to know like. It's going to be fascinating to see, like, out of nowhere, which person calls another person who's box checking in as much as you can even try to compete is probably as good as anybody else's, but they'll be called a racist or a bigot somehow. I mean, these sweepstakes for total wokeness are going to be fascinating. Who just decides that my path to victory is somehow knifing this person who, by any measure, progressive measure, has probably been a poster child mm-hmm. yet they're they're going to be basically called um somehow an uncle tom to the cause uh yeah that that's going to happen i just i wish i had more uh, i want to be able to be the guy who calls the shot on this and i think i think we'll get better on it but i don't know what to, who right out of the gate is going to have the fire in the belly to not just wait and see but i'm spartacus i'm, I'm swinging right away you can't referee the lord of the flies man okay the, 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 that you're that you're trying to come up with an angle the angle is natural selection, survival of the fittest. That's, there's no way of predicting, which brings us to the number one reason, a number one thing to look for. Everything is racist. That's also number one. <laughs> Just resetting it. Yes. I mean, absolutely everything is going to be racist. Everything. Everything is. Especially when you see the numbers that Joe Biden is pulling from, from black voters. And, See, is that the, the reason day? why they started going after him last yeah, week? On that? It totally makes sense now. Yeah. And and the rationale is he has cachet as Barack Obama's vice president. So they've got to figure out how to how to weave a path where they don't insult um the hand picked running mate of Barack Obama for eight years while pointing out that in the past this guy was pretty chummy with some segregationist and, you know, overall. Uh, questionable, scummy people. And it, if that's your target demo, everything is going to be racist twice over. Another person who is in much more trouble than he would have been in a week ago on this front is... Pete Buttigieg is. Pete Buttigieg. I was going to yep. say, you know... He, well, he's in a tough... Because black America is far more socially conservative than yeah. white America is anyway. They're, they were always going to have a hard time voting for a gay candidate anyway. But now you throw in a gay candidate who can't control his own community's right. police relations. Right. Yeah, DOA, dead on arrival. Absolutely. Great stuff, gentlemen. We're going to stick around and tape the overtime for our subscribers for the rest of you until tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.